0: Hey, everybody, this is Ronnie Bass with Carrie Bass, the host of Unpopular Truth. We'd like to say hi to y'all, and I have been talked into doing the next podcast. So, Carrie, say hi. Hi. So, what's our topic today?
1: (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about soulmates and soul ties. Okay. Have you ever heard of soul ties, honey?
0: Uh, only because you have mentioned it this week. <laughs> Other than that, I have not heard <laughs> about that. No.
1: Okay. Well, uh, it's a big topic among young adults these okay. days. Um, lots and lots of podcasts have addressed it and we are probably going to address it a little bit differently. Um,
0: we do things differently. We do here.
1: things different here, and we will probably do that with most of our topics. But we're definitely going to address it scripturally, so um, that's where we want to go today. So, okay. but first, we're going to talk about soul mates before we talk about soul ties. Okay. Am I your soul mate?
0: Of course, baby.
1: Oh, that's a good. That's a good <laughs> answer. That's the trained <laughs> answer. That's the trained answer, right?
0: You're my mate.
1: Yes. Mm. I'm your mate for life because we chose to get married and build a life together, but we're not soulmates. Right.
0: So you remember how we met, right?
1: I do remember how we met.
0: Met at the park. Yep. I saw some legs running around the park. Mm -hmm. I made sure that I cut you off Mm -hmm. before you finished running your laps. Yep. So.
1: Yep. Not in a creepy way, but.
0: No, well, I guess you could say it was creepy. It I was watching cre- you from a distance. Well,
1: but not in right? <laughs> not in a totally creepy way, though.
0: No, yeah. no, yeah. I was there with the dog, playing fetch. Yeah, and you were getting some exercise in. Yeah, I was not getting any exercise in
1: as usual. Right. Yeah, and we had dinner that night.
0: We did. It was a quick. Um, yeah, I must have looked good that day. And
1: she, <laughs> every day, every day, good. But we had dinner that night. Yes, and have been together ever since. Ever that since, night. yeah. Yes. So some people would say it was love at first sight, or that we are. It looked good at first sight. <laughs> I would say
0: that would be more of nice. of what.
1: Again, <laughs> a very well trained answer. Yes.
0: Well, it's pretty easy to say it. So.
1: Yeah. Well, so most people would say that we are soulmates. Okay. Because our relationship was very short. I was going to say fast, which doesn't sound as good as short. We didn't date very long before we got married. No. And we've been married a long time now. Yes. So. How long? 21. Uh, Almost. Yeah. So some people would say that we're soulmates.
0: Yes, because I guess it was a whirlwind kind of thing.
1: Whirlwind, or whirlwind?
0: Ooh, whirlwind would be a little (laughs) bit better way of saying that, yes. So, what does God say about our soul?
1: Right. So, if the question is, do you believe in soulmates, or is there such a thing as a soulmate?
0: Well, I don't believe there's such a thing as a soulmate. Right.
1: But, since we're answering questions from a biblical perspective, Uh we have to start there. So we have to start with what God says about soulmates. Okay. So there's nothing specific in the Bible about soulmates, but there are some specific verses about our soul. So we probably need to start there. All right, let's do it. That's where I always start. So in Genesis 2-7, it says that God made Adam a living soul. So when God made the first man, it says that he made him a living soul. He breathed into him life and made him a living soul. So God makes people as souls with physical bodies. That's what every person is. They are an eternal soul with a physical body made by God. So that's Genesis 2-7 that God makes living souls. Then in Matthew 10, 28, Scripture warns us to fear God, who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. And then in Psalm 49, 15, it says that God is the redeemer of of our our soul. soul. So just from those three verses, we see that God is the creator keeper, and redeemer of our souls. Yes. So God relates to man on a soul level. Okay. Which is important to remember because if God relates to me on a soul level, then who would be my soul mate? Christ. Christ. Exactly. So if I'm looking to another person to be my soul mate, can another person relate to me on a soul level? Can we relate that way? Well, I would say no. I would say no, too, just based on those verses. Just on that
0: little quick, I mean.
1: Right. Just from Scripture, we see that we don't relate to one another on a soul level. Like, Ronnie, we've been married a long time, and I think we know each other very well but do you yes. think that we do you think that we relate on a soul level no no <laughs> right because that's a god thing that's that's reserved for god so when we talk about looking for a soulmate or desiring a soulmate we are actually putting a person in the place of god right we are looking to a person to fill things in us that only God can fulfill. Okay. Do you agree? I agree. Agree? Yes. Right. So why do you think, I'm going to just ask you a question now. You normally ask me the questions, but I'm going to ask you. So why do you think. I'm probably
0: not going to know the answer.
1: (laughs) So why do you think that people talk about soulmates and they're looking for a soulmate and they want a soulmate? Because it's the perfect person because oh Ronnie that's so good because hey i got that, the answer right <laughs> because you're looking for the perfect person for you right see you're looking for someone to complete you you complete me you complete me right <laughs> that's the, the jerry maguire theology yes. uh, i would call it me-ology, meology because you're looking for someone to fulfill you right. your needs your desires who you are so that would be somebody that you're putting in the place of god yeah so that's the danger of feeding into these worldly views of relationships okay right because um if i'm dating looking for a soul mate you're gonna be looking for a
0: long. Time. You're gonna be
1: looking for a while, yeah. right? Because, like you said, you're looking for the perfect person to fulfill all of your needs and fulfill all of your voids, right? right. Because I'm not perfect, so right. I, I'm that's that's the irony of the whole situation, right? Right. So when we flip it. And okay. we say, okay, now I'm not looking for someone to complete me. I'm looking for another person that is being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, that we can get to know each other, decide if we want to build a life together, and glorify and honor God together in marriage that Paul teaches us in Ephesians 5 is the picture of Christ and the church.
0: Right. So if we're both looking to Christ and Christ should be the center of our Mm -hmm. marriage, then that is the actual, if you want to say, like in an Oreo, it's the cream inside the middle (laughs) that keeps everything together.
1: Sort of. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a pretty good that's a pretty good analogy, actually. So it,
0: it fills the voids in yeah. both of our lives to where we actually can, can be. Stay
1: together. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ronnie, that's really good. It's cause I'm smart. Right. So Christ then becomes our soulmate. Yes. Filling our, the voids and imperfections in both of us, fulfilling our needs and desires, mm-hmm. and then we can build a life together that honors him.
0: Right. So what are the wants and needs that God fulfills versus the wants and needs that your spouse fulfills?
1: I think that's probably the most important part of this topic when we are talking about soulmates and looking for a spouse. If you decide that you're ready for marriage and so you're gonna date in such a way that you're looking for a potential spouse. So the wants and needs that a spouse can fulfill are actually pretty limited. There are emotional needs and physical needs that your yeah, spouse baby. is going to fulfill. That's yeah. that's part of marriage. And and well, that physical relationship, Ronnie, that is the yes. gift Of marriage. Yes, it's a good gift. It's a great gift. It's it's a God-given gift of marriage that I fulfill your physical needs, you fulfill my physical needs. You know, Scripture says that once we're married, my body belongs to you, your body belongs to me, and that we should strive to serve one another, even in a physical way. Right. Um, So physical needs, for sure are something that your spouse is going to fulfill, emotional needs, um, you know, Ronnie, if I'm upset or I need to talk or uh, someone has hurt me or disappointed me (laughs) (laughs) or disappointed me, (laughs) you know, you and I talk about that and um, you comfort me or you give me, you know, good advice, good counsel in that situation and you um, fulfill my emotional needs. Mm -hmm. But so often, especially with Gen Z and, you know, teenagers, young adults, they think that a person is going to fulfill their need to be loved and known unconditionally. And that is God's job. God, as the creator of your soul, (laughs) is the one that Knows you intimately. That's Psalm 139, right? That he knows everything about me on a soul level. That he loves me unconditionally. That he cares for me unconditionally, no matter what. You know, we've been married a long time. Like we've said, I love you, but I cannot love you in a godly way. of the time, I I fall short. I fail in that area. And so do I. Because although I'm a Christian and I'm pursuing Christ and I'm striving to be more like Christ, I'm not there. Just (laughs) The fact is, I'm not there yet. So I'm going to fail in that area specifically of loving you in a godly way all the time, no matter what. Without fail, 100%.
0: Even when I'm late, coming home.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, but it's important to remember, especially when you're thinking about marriage. Right. Because again, when we talk about this issue of soulmate, right? For anyone that's listening, that's maybe already married and you're struggling in your marriage. Maybe you're looking to your spouse to fulfill the things that only God can fulfill. Oh, for sure. And if you think of someone as your soulmate, you might be doing that. And you need to let him or her off the hook. <laughs> you need to absolve them of that responsibility. And it will, it will make your marriage a lot better. I know, and you might want to speak to the male perspective, but from the female perspective, I think that's a big, big issue. Because as females, we want to be known and cared for. Um, in an unconditional way, but sometimes we look to our husband to be Jesus, and well, I think it's either a spouse pressure. does that.
0: You? I mean, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I would think that both sides you you do that. You know, you're looking for that person to fill those voids. Yeah. You know, and it's, even those voids, when it's like you said, it can't be filled by any other person. It can only be filled by God.
1: Yeah. So again, just going back to not looking for a completer of yourself, but looking for someone that's also being conformed to Christ's image and remembering that neither one of you are there yet, but you're both striving to get there. So as you become the person that God wants you to be, you also glorify Him in a marriage.
0: Right. So you end up becoming, when you are when you are striving for Christ like character, mm-hmm. then you end up being more of a spouse that fulfills a lot more. Oh yeah, that's More good. of the needs that 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 physically we can, yes, actually fulfill, because we actually start taking ourself out of the equation and putting the spouse in that spot.
1: Yeah. So I think, um, especially with Gen Z um, and just the princess theology, you know, Disney movies, that uh, there's the princess, she's in distress, um, the guy shows up, he's the prince, and he fulfills every single need that she has. He even fulfills the needs that she doesn't know that she has yet. Um, I think that we need to kind of... uh, Get rid of that for sure and just go back to Scripture where uh, Paul says in Ephesians 5, the point of marriage is to show a picture of Christ in the church. So illustration, um, confirmation, both being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ and out serving one another. You know, Philippians two, seven and eight says, have this attitude in you which was also in Jesus Christ, that he left heaven, even though that was all the glory that was due him there, he left heaven to come here as a man and be a servant and even go to the cross. So if we think about that verse in tandem with Ephesians five, where it's a picture of Christ in the church, I should be trying to outserve you in the marriage and you should yeah, be you trying should. to <laughs> you should be trying to outserve me in the marriage as well.
0: Well, yeah, you are correct. <laughs> right. We should be trying to outserve each other. Yeah, and in in doing that, yeah, our marriage would explode.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But of course, day to day. Yeah, it's hard. Yes, it's
1: difficult. Yeah, but knowing that I'm not looking to you to be my Jesus.
0: Right. So, single. People that yep. are listening to this, what are you telling? Let's say these guys or the girls, if they're looking for they're they're ready a
1: potential yes mate.
0: They're ready to yeah. hey, I don't want to just go out on a date and go to dinner. Yeah, I want to find my Person. my spouse. Yeah.
1: Yes, somebody to marry. I think you um, should be looking for someone who is pursuing Christ. So not, not not a completer, not someone to complete you, but someone who is also being conformed to his image. And you should be looking for someone who is compatible. So someone that you have a lot in common with and someone that is ready to build a life that reflects Jesus Christ. Yes. So someone that you're going to build a life with.
0: So when we started dating, we said, "I, point blank, I knew that you already went to church. You went to a church that I actually wanted to go to, um, but I just wasn't going because I felt like I needed someone or an excuse to go there, and um, we started dating, mm-hmm. and that was the first thing I said. We will be involved in church. Yes. Very involved, which we are.
1: Yes. Once we started yes. talking about getting married, yes, you said that we were going to build our life around church. being Christians and yeah, the church.
0: What, what the church should be.
1: Right. So that helped me make a decision if that was the life that I wanted. Right. Right? So I think that's another key part of dating and choosing a potential mate is that you need to both be going in that same direction. Yes. You know, um, if one person doesn't want to build their life, around pursuing Christ and serving the body of Christ, then it's probably not a person that you can build a life with that reflects Christ.
0: Oh, for sure. Because we have hobbies that we do together. Yeah. But you don't go hunting and fishing with me, and I definitely don't go running with you.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But...
0: So we we do certain things together, but our main hobbies that we really enjoy doing, we don't do those together, but we don't have to.
1: Yeah. So I think for girls, um, Mm -hmm. young women, they need to look for someone who wants to lead like Christ. Yes. They need to look for a man who is pursuing Christ, who wants to be conformed to his image, who wants to lead his wife, uh, care for her, um, and build a family right and, and care and, for that family
0: and so the guys just need to look for a hot girl exactly i mean <laughs> so they're looking for they're basically looking for the same thing they're looking well, for they're looking for a godly woman that is in that that is actively pursuing a relationship with Jesus
1: yes and wants to be a godly wife yes which means submission yeah baby to <laughs> 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 submission to the husband and Putting the home in first place. Right. So, uh, not that a career is off the table, but
0: well, you had when we first got married, you had a good job. Yeah. And you worked a lot of hours. I did. Um, we lucked out on on how you were able to work. Right. So.
1: Well, I continued to work, but <clears throat> being a wife and raising our sons was the priority. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Everything but I did else. Both. Yeah. Right. So I think that's what guys need to be looking for. They need to be looking for a girl who wants to be a godly wife. Right.
0: We've just got finished talking about soulmates. And of course, as a male, as a female, you need to be actively going towards Christ mm-hmm. and being more like Christ. Mm-hmm. And that will fulfill you, which will end up fulfilling your Spouse, mm-hmm. if you are both actively going towards yeah. Christ,
1: so your soulmate is who you choose to build a life with on the foundation of Christ. Yes, that is your soulmate. Okay, if we want to use that term of mm. a soulmate, right? Because I don't, I don't use that term. I because don't I, because I think that that's on a God level. So I, I don't ever use that term. And even when kids come over here to our house and, you know, they say, Miss Carrie, do you believe in soulmates? You know, I get that question a lot and I just tell them no. And I tell them why. Right. And they say, oh my gosh, that's so sad that there's not one person that God has created for me that's somewhere on the face of the planet. And then
0: you tell them, look at that man right there. (laughs) That is him.
1: Well, I remind them that... Um, for God to make a soulmate for them on the other side of the world, I mean, that just isn't very feasible, right? That, that you're they out have there looking and looking and looking. They, they and have looking. to look and look and look yes. for, and they have to seek them out and find that person. And, you know, the fact that God would want you spending time seeking your soulmate instead of seeking him is contradictory to what every scripture tells us right? because we are supposed to be pursuing Christ and then he writes the story of our life as we pursue him and glorify him.
0: Okay. So what about the soul ties?
1: Okay. So now that we have... Unpacked soul mates, it's going to be pretty easy to talk about soul ties. Okay. Because if God relates to us on a soul level, we've talked about that, that another person does not relate to us on that soul level, then soul ties are not going to be scriptural as far as I'm concerned and as far as okay. the research that I have done.
0: So So you know that that I'm kind of clueless on this, so you'll have to give me more info.
1: Yeah, so um, a soul tie is a premise that when two people have a sexual relationship, a bond is formed on a soul level that um, perpetuates if they continue in that physical sexual relationship. If they discontinue the physical relationship the bond is still there and now it has to be broken so hmm. that is my understanding of what a soul tie is so okay. the question you know is was posed to me about soul ties being scriptural and what did you find well here's what i found there are some verses in the bible that talk about souls being knit together, and I think that this is where this idea has stemmed from about soul ties. So um, Judges 20 verse 11 talks about it, Colossians 2.19, Colossians 2.2, 1 Samuel 18.1, and 1 Chronicles 12.17. The interesting thing about these verses is that none of them talk about a physical or sexual relationship but they're talking about groups of people who are um, God's chosen people or Christians being knit together. So okay. I, for me and my study of Scripture, to say that a soul tie is formed because of a sexual relationship, I think that is overreach. I think that is adding something to Scripture that's not there.
0: So, give me an example that that's in the Bible that you're saying that was knitted. This the soul is knitted together.
1: Yeah, I love this. It's Colossians two two, and it's talking about the church, and it says that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love. So, it's actually talking about. Christ followers, right, being knit together.
0: So that's not just two people.
1: That's not just two people, hmm. and and there's nowhere that it's um, a sexual connotation. I think um, the one that is normally referenced for soul tie is First Samuel eighteen one, and it's about David and Jonathan, um, and it says that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. So again, there are two people in that verse, Ronnie, but it's not a sexual relationship. It's a friendship. And if we look at 1 Samuel, the book as a whole, um, it's a beautiful picture of uh, David being a picture of Christ, so a type of Christ. So this relationship would be a picture of
0: Us tied to...
1: Us tied to Christ. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's also important that when we overreach Scripture in this way, that we create a problem that's actually non-existent. So by saying a sexual relationship creates a soul tie... Then, then you have to break the soul tie. Well, that's a problem that's actually not there. So we've created an entity that needs healing, which actually we don't because it's not there. Does that make sense?
0: Well, there's something there that needs to be healed if you're having sex outside of the bonds of marriage. But True. But that I don't see any.
1: True, because uh, Genesis 1 and 2, right, says that The two shall become one flesh. It doesn't say that two shall become one soul. So I totally agree with you that God does bond a marriage with sex. Sex will bond. Yes, he does. (laughs) Sex sex will bond two people, honey, even if they're not married. Oh, for sure. Because God created that to bond the marriage couple, right? Right. So sex will form a bond for sure. It forms a physical bond. There are uh, chemicals that are released in our brain uh, to um, perpetuate the marriage relationship. I mean, there's all sorts of things on a physical level that happen that are scientifically proven. But again, it's not on a soul level.
0: So do you see that statement of soul tie being more of well you could kind of go back you know back to when I was in let's say youth group where they kind of put fear in you don't do this don't do that would that be more of where this whole process of soul ties or this Theology. Well, I don't want. I don't really want to say theology, but this thought process of soul ties.
1: Yes, I think that it has Maybe been scare used. You. Yes, I think it has been used as a fear tactic for young people to avoid having sex outside of marriage because they're going to create a soul tie, and then that will have to be broken somehow and healed, and that will be another process that you'll have to go through. So I definitely agree with you that it's been used in that way. Okay. And you and I have always uh, taught our kids and other kids that have been around us, we've just taught them Scripture, and we've not tried to scare them, and we've not tried to overreach, you know, just like drinking. The Bible says, do not get drunk. Right. (laughs) So, you know, when people overreach with Scripture, they say, you know, all alcohol is prohibited. Right. That's not what Scripture says. So even though that's a gray area, it's still wouldn't be truth if you said, don't ever drink anything because Scripture says not to. Right. Yeah. So we just want to tell the truth and not try to use a fear tactic uh, to manipulate behavior. We want God to transform us, use scripture, speak through the Holy Spirit, and then we live for him and live out truth.
0: Okay, Carrie, so give us your, like, final thoughts of the whole, our whole conversation that we've had so far.
1: Yeah, I think that this is an important topic for sure, but I also want us to always remember that the most important relationship we have is our relationship with Jesus Christ. So when we elevate other relationships, like soulmates, we elevate it over Jesus Christ. When we talk about a soul tie that we don't have scriptural evidence for, we actually elevate a physical relationship and marriage. We elevate that over our relationship with Jesus Christ when marriage is a picture of our relationship with Jesus. It should never be elevated over our relationship with Jesus. So I think that's important to remember. Marriage should be put in its proper place for sure. We should have respect for marriage and the physical relationship that is associated with marriage, but it should not be elevated above Christ. Christ should always be preeminent. So I hope this is an encouragement to those who are single right now. You don't have to fear never finding a soulmate or not knowing where he or she is or how he or she is going to come into your life. You don't have to worry about that. And you also don't have to fear a soul tie. Um, maybe if you've had a failed relationship or you've made some mistakes.
0: Well, I guess that wraps us up. I uh, learned a little bit about soul ties, I guess, because I've never heard about that. And um, I'm thankful for everyone that's listening.
1: Yes, thank you so much for listening today. And we hope that you will join our conversation, reach out to us, email us, email us questions or topics that you would love for us to unpack and we will talk to you later
0: what's up guys this is producer I here to remind you that if you are looking to connect with Carrie and Ronnie you can find them at www.unpopulartruthpodcast.com you can also email them at unpopulartruth@gmail.com. at gmail.com Find them on Facebook at Unpopular Truth Podcast and same for Instagram at Unpopular Truth Podcast. All right, we look forward to hearing from you guys.